Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 1. While you're finding your place, uh, let me remind you from, I, I'd sent out a couple of texts about this, but the, the new text service is giving some issues they're working on for us to try to find out what's going on. Uh, so you may or may not have gotten a couple of them. But as part of our web page, uh, we now have podcast of uh, our Sunday morning services. Uh, the the web page has the video already, but now it will also have a podcast version of the service. And a podcast is really just easier if you're working, driving, whatever. You can just tune in and listen to it. Uh, it it's just simpler to do. And so uh, you can find that on the web page or you can find it on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Now, it had not showed up on Google Podcasts yet as of Friday, but it has shown up on these other two. And, and all of this is just a part of the, the new web page, and um, so I, I hope that you will enjoy that and share it with your friends and family also, and uh, uh, hopefully it'll be a blessing to others. I appreciate Mark, who... Uh, uh, owns the company that we have our uh, web page through all the work that he's doing behind the scenes, adding new features to the web page and uh, things that we can benefit from. And, and he listens to our service every week also. Every Monday, every Tuesday in Idaho, he's listening to Grace Baptist Church. So how about that? Y'all didn't know you were making it to Idaho, did you? But you are. Uh, and you make it down to Florida all the time also. Uh, Philip uh, watches every week, uh, sometime during the week. And so you just never know who all is keeping up with y'all here. So you better be on your best behavior so that you don't get in trouble. I'll be on my best behavior. How about that? Proverbs 29 and verse 1. It is a very short verse of Scripture, but oh my gracious, it is a verse of Scripture that speaks to my heart. And I think with yours also, he who is often reproved yet stiffens his neck will suddenly be broken beyond healing. Spiritual stubbornness is what we are going to talk about this morning. What is stubbornness is the first question that you have to ask. Well, Webster's Dictionary says this. Stubborn means <clears throat> headstrong, inflexible, and unyielding. How many parents do we have here? Can you say that you've had a headstrong child? Can you say that you've had an unyielding child? Can you say you've had an inflexible child? How many of you understand what I'm talking about just because you've raised a kid? Or you're in the middle of raising some kids. Isn't it wonderful the way that they always do what you want them to do? They never refuse, do they? They're always willing to obey. Well, let's take this a little bit further. How many of you have a spouse? Do you have a spouse? that maybe could be considered stubborn. 
Anybody? Don't call names. <laughs> I see hands being raised. You, you, you know what it is to have a stubborn spouse? I, I mean, we're, we're talking about headstrong. Your, your spouse headstrong. We're talking about that spouse that is inflexible. It's my way. I want it my way. Or unyielding. I am just not going to do it. I'm just not going to change. I think we all understand what it means to be around stubborn people. Rhonda could probably tell you about being around some stubborn people. Uh, most of us, I think, have a stubborn streak inside of us. Would I be correct? The, the, how many of you, even though you're easygoing, do you find yourself at some point just all of a sudden bowing up and getting stubborn? Have you ever heard that old saying that just made the hair on the back of my neck stand up? And, and, and I'm that person that I'm really easygoing until somebody starts trying to tell me, you can't, don't, and all of a sudden there's something back here that just, what do you mean I can't? What do you mean don't? Watch me. Let's see what I'm going to do. It's not really a good characteristic to have sometimes but i have it and i may as well admit it and i think most of y'all have some of that also and those of you who are going to listen on the podcast and those who are going to be watching you also know what it is to be stubborn and hard-headed and your way or the highway so to speak well just as people can be stubborn in their physical relationships we can also be stubborn in our spiritual relationships. Now, being stubborn in our personal physical relationships is one thing, but being stubborn in our spiritual relationship, that is a whole different story. Well, there are two groups that I believe are spiritually stubborn. First group are the lost. And they are always spiritually stubborn. How do I know they're always spiritually stubborn? Because they're still lost. It takes a stubborn individual who hears the gospel of Christ and hears how much he loves them and who hears that he wants to forgive their sins and he wants them to be in heaven with him. It takes a stubborn person to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So we know the lost are always spiritually stubborn. But the saved, us, we are very often spiritually stubborn. I wish when I got saved that I would have immediately said to God, yes, God, to anything and everything you ever tell me to do, I will never question you about it. Wouldn't that be great? Most of y'all have been saved for a while. How many times has God said something to you and said do this or don't do that and you've not listened? Anybody in here other than me guilty of that? It's kind of like, God, I, I hear you, but, but, I don't think so today, God. And that's just that stubborn streak coming out in us and saying, God, no, I'm not going to do that. He says it's for your own good. 
say, yeah, but God, I'm not going to do that. So, so we understand what it is to be spiritually stubborn. Do we understand the results of it? There, there are three results that I find in these one little verse of Scripture. When we are spiritually stubborn, the first result is this. Correction comes. Now, I ask you about your children, if they were ever stubborn. And you all said yes. When that child is stubborn, do you ever correct that child? Did you ever correct that child who may be grown now, but when they were younger and they would get a stubborn streak in them a mile wide, and they'd refuse, and they'd tell you no. Did, did you ever put them in timeout? Did you ever take away recess? Did you ever take away a privilege? Did you ever give them a what for? You, you know, out, out, out there behind the, the woodshed, what for? I, I think every parent at some point, no matter how easygoing they are, no matter how loving they are, I think for every parent, there comes that point with that stubborn, mule-headed, bull-headed, unyielding child that you finally say enough is enough and you're going to do it. Is that pretty correct? And, and, and you make them do it. Well, what about for us believers when we continue to say no to God we're stubborn, well, then there's correction that comes our way from him. Now, that correction can come, I think, through three different ways. <clears throat> that correction can come through the messenger. In the Old Testament, it was the prophets. New Testament is the preachers, the evangelists, the pastors. And correction comes by means of what the, the, the sermons are, what the messages are. And there's ample evidence all through Scripture of how that God used messengers to bring correction to the nation of Israel and to individuals alike because they were stubborn. He also brings correction through the witness of the Scripture. As you read your Bible, the Bible all of a sudden, there'll be a verse that will just pop up in front of you and say, Hey, look, look at here. Read this again. And all of a sudden you understand that that verse of Scripture, that passage of Scripture is talking to you about what you have done or have not done. So, so God can use the messenger. He can use Scripture. He can use the working of the Holy Spirit. When we got saved, the Bible teaches us that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, He comes to dwell within us. And it's through the Holy Spirit of God <clears throat> that we receive power and encouragement and blessings. But it's also through the Holy Spirit of God that we receive chastising and correction. The Holy Spirit will say, don't do that. It's almost like he slaps your hand. Have you ever had God to slap your hand? Say, just don't do that. Don't go there. Don't say that. Don't live that way. Don't act that way. He does so through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can get our attention. So, so correction, the means of it, is through the messenger, through Scripture, through the Spirit. And what is the frequency of correction? This verse of Scripture says often. 
he who is often reproved. <laughs> Phil will be watching this, listening to it later this week, and, and he, he will, he's already told me, he said, I see some things haven't changed. You still use us in all your sermons. So, but uh, him and Melissa both had a stubborn streak in them. Now, they're all so sweet, lovable. I mean, I, I'd go to parent-teachers conferences. They'd talk about how good our children were and how loving they were and, and how obedient they were and how they did everything that was asked of them. And I'd sit there and say, you talking about my child? You, you, you talking about my, my children? And I finally told one teacher, I said, well... I'm glad at least in public they're like that, even if they're not at home. But, you know, just that stubborn streak, and how often did we try to correct them? Very often. No, don't, no, can't, no, please, no. I said don't do so. Well, God will often reprove us the same way. He doesn't just tell us one time. If we refuse to listen, he would tell us again, and he would tell us again, and he would tell us again. He may tell us through the messenger. He may tell us through the scripture. He may tell us through the Holy Spirit, but he will continue to tell us and correct us in the way we are living. There's a second result of this correction. Contempt bills. Correction comes... And contempt builds within us. I remember as a young child, my mom and dad telling me things not to do or things to do. And they'd correct me because I didn't obey them. And, and I'd get all upset because I didn't like it. Anybody else remember when you were the same way and you did the same way? And uh, I remember one time we had an old uh, charcoal grill out there. And it had rained and the water had gotten in it. And it was all a mess and... And I'm looking at it like I'm going to turn it over. And Dad said, just leave it alone. And, well, I turned it over anyway. Correction came very quickly. And I never, ever turned over another grill that had water in it. <laughs> to this day, I, I have not. But, but when we're told no, isn't it normal for us to just bow up? Just think about a baby. I mean, sweet, elocate, sweet forest. How many times have you wanted to give them a bottle and they were like, or you want to put a coat on them, or put shoes on them? You, you know, it. I, I remember hours we, we'd, when they started eating real food and we'd start feeding them and all of a sudden they'd just clamp their mouth down. Wes, did yours do that? No, they, they were good. Yeah, I mean, they were just, and you'd take that little spoon and you'd just, you'd finally pry it open and, and get it in there. They might spit it back out, but you'd, you'd finally get it in there. And, and when you're doing all of this, all of a sudden, they just stiffen. I mean, it's like, you don't try to put a coat on a stiff child. I think you have. <laughs> you, you can't put a coat on a stiff child. I mean, it's like rigid. You can't get them to move. Well, this verse of Scripture says that when 
correction comes, and it comes to us often, we, we all of a sudden have that act of despising, and we become like that little child. And, and this verse of Scripture says that we, we stiffen our neck. You stiff-necked rebels, you. And, and we're just like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Just leave me alone. That's what every kid wants to tell their parents. Just leave me alone. Did y'all say that? You just think it. That's okay. You just think it. Just leave me alone. Even teenagers can have stiff necks. Even adult children can have stiff necks. Mama, daddy, I know what's best. Just leave me alone. And we're like, yeah, right. You're going to find out. So, so correction comes. We let contempt build. We, we become stiff-necked, hard-hearted, and then consequences follow. And this is the really bad part. There are consequences. As I said with Dad that time, and Dad, I bet I never got over two whippings from, from Dad. Now with Mom, I got a few more from Mom. But Dad usually deserved a spanking with us. Mom raised five children plus a husband. Dad would usually laugh at whatever it was. And so Mom needed to take the hickory to him also. But I tell you, after that one time with that grill, I, like I said, I, I never did it again because the consequences were not fun that came. Well, these consequences, it says they will suddenly, suddenly be broken beyond healing. That word suddenly, it, it carries like two meanings to it. Number one is unexpectedly. I really did not expect Dad to give me a spanking that day for turning that grill over. I really didn't. And not only unexpectedly, but as a wink. Now, Wes, I'm not winking at you. But you, you see how, how, how quick is a wink? John Wesley's over here winking at me. I, I mean, a wink is just like that. And Dad's correction that day? I'm, I mean, it was instantaneous. There was no waiting, no thinking, no, no, oh, you shouldn't have done that. There, there was no warning that there, there was nothing. It was just. And God says that when we continually stiffen our neck against him and we continually disobey him and that disobedience can be in doing something that he wants us to do. Or it can be in not doing something he tells us not to do. It, it could be either way. But when that disobedience happens, he says there's a consequence that's going to happen. And you're going to be broken. You're going to be crushed. And, and, and in what way would that possibly happen? Well, for some people, I think it's financially. I think there are some people who end up in financial ruin because they have disobeyed God, not listened to God, not obeyed God, and they end up losing everything financially, while for some people it may be physically 
God has said, don't do this. God says, do that. And they disobey God. And all of a sudden, physically, they lose their health and their strength. And, and they're not able to go and do like they used to. For some, it, it's mental. I, I mean, when you continually rebel against God and say no to God, it takes a mental toll on you, a, a, a spiritual toll, an emotional toll on you. Because you're, you're continually fighting the creator of the body. You're continually fighting the life giver. And, and as you battle with him, you become emotionally a wreck from doing so. And I think that the consequences can be even to the point of death. The Bible, again, is full of illustrations in people who disobeyed God and who ended up dying. Even Moses, the great leader of the nation of Israel, did crossed over into the promised land because he disobeyed God. You'd have thought that no matter what he had done, that God would let him go into the promised land because of all that he had done for God, all he had done for the nation of Israel, but God says, you disobeyed, and here's your punishment. You will not enter into the promised land. And he died. And I don't want to ever scare anyone, but I always want everyone to understand the possibility that if we disobey God long enough in not doing something or in doing something, that we could get to the point that God no longer would deal with us about it and God would just take us on out of this world and take us on to heaven. Because we have been so disobedient. Before, when God was calling me to preach, how that I... I ran it and wanted nothing to do with it and was kind of like, I was stiff-necked. I'm like, I I don't want to do this. No, thank you very much. No, somebody else can do this. Not me. I I don't want to do this. And and I got to the point, as I said before, that I was afraid that God would take one of my children because I would not be obedient to his calling upon my life. Graciously, he did not. But at the same time, God could have very easily taken me out because I'm talking about a period of like six years. Over and over, God revealed to me what it was he wanted me to do. And over and over, I would not do what he wanted me to do. I'm glad he is long-suffering. Or else you would have never met me. Because he would have taken me out. I, I think there are those who die what we would call a, an early death or what I would call a premature death. Because they've disobeyed God. God says, don't do that. That will cause you harm. We still do it. It takes us out. God says, do this so that you will be better and so that your family will be better. We don't do it. We pay the consequences for it. Spiritually stubborn is critical to understand. It's critical enough to put it in Scripture. Critical enough, he said, there will be a consequence if you don't obey me. Well, the health of a church, whether it's grace or one of dozens of other churches around us, the health of a church depends greatly upon how such a message as this is received and heeded. Spiritual stubbornness can destroy the greatest of churches. It does not matter how many they have in attendance. It does not matter what their programs are. It does not matter how much money they have coming in. It does not matter what they've done in missions. Spiritual stubbornness can take down the greatest of churches. 
A church must be willing to submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God even when it goes against our own wishes and our own desires. We have been told in America that whatever we want is what we deserve. Mom and Dad never really asked me what I wanted. They never really thought about what I deserved. They just took care of me. Just because we have done something God, just because we are in church, and just because we give, or just because we do whatever, it, it does not mean that we deserve anything that's good. The Holy Spirit of God leads us and directs us and very often it goes against what we really want to do i've told y'all i I wanted to be a farmer i I, I looked at being a forest ranger i wanted something that was outside and god placed me inside how you like that I, i i didn't want to wear a suit and tie well i don't today but back then, y'all, y'all remember, I had a, an older preacher friend, if he went to the church for a work day, he wore his suit to the church for a work day to work outside in the yard. I didn't want any of that. I was a redneck of the rednecks in the sand hills of South Carolina with two bird dogs and a shotgun and a pickup truck. What more do I need? Right? And so when God started saying, I'm calling you, I'm calling you, I'm like, mm, I don't think so. And I tried to imagine me doing a wedding or a funeral. Whew. Lord have mercy. Me getting in front of people and performing a wedding or performing a, a funeral? I could not imagine it. And I was just like, no. And then... It got to the point I remembered and I knew how mean church people could be. Not all. Aren't you glad of that? Not all church people. But through my years, I've met some mean church people. Have y'all ever met any mean church people? <laughs> Don't name names now. But but we, we have all met mean church people. And I knew some. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with those people. Well... It came to the point of, am I going to be obedient or not? And through obedience, I ended up doing what was against my desires and my wishes. But it has been the best thing I could have ever done. That's the good part. Even though God calls us to do something that we don't really want to do, if we are obedient to him, it always works out for the better. So I encourage you, don't be stubborn. I don't know what he may be dealing with you about today. I don't know if God has told you not to do something and you're still doing it. If God has told you to do something and you're not doing it, I I have no idea. Those who will listen by podcast or watch uh, the video, I, I have no idea what God has instructed you to do or not to do. I I just know that you need to listen to him. And do whatever it is that he's asked you to do or not to do. And to do that, 
we need a humble heart. Saying, God, you know better. We need bowed knees, respecting his reverence and his power. And we don't have to worry about Proverbs 29 and 1. God will bless us in our obedience.